Hello friends, I'm glad that you found me. My name is Brandon D, or in the social media world, you know me as Mr. Gratitude. I'm so glad that you found me. I love to dive deep and talk about the things that everybody thinks about, but is afraid to talk about. When it comes to life, dating, positivity, motivation, and a little bit of the free thinking mindset, you're in the right place. Go grab yourself a cold drink, grab yourself some snacks, get comfy. Here we go. Hello, friends. So tonight's episode, I do have a special guest. This gentleman goes by Recovery Mike. Found this gentleman on TikTok. This episode is going to be for anybody that is a recovered addict, has ever been in addiction or dealt with addiction in their life. You won't want to miss this episode. We're going to dive deep into addiction how to get into recovery, steps of recovery, things that will really help you out in dealing with addiction. You know what to do. Go get yourself a cold or a warm drink, some snacks, bundle up if you're out in the cold. Here we go. All right, friends, as promised, I do have a special guest this evening. For those of you that have ever struggled in the world of addiction, you won't want to miss this episode. I swear I find the coolest people on TikTok. And I'll tell you that TikTok family is some real deal, folks. It is real. With that said, I do have a gentleman with me. His name is Recovery Mike or Recovery Army. Go ahead and introduce yourself, my brother. Hey, family. How's everyone doing? So, uh, yeah, I go by Recovery Mike on TikTok. Uh, my name is Mike G. Uh, I'm a grateful, grateful recovering alcoholic and addict. Uh, luckily, found a solution by the grace of God and his mercy. Um, and uh, so, yeah, man, I'm here. I'm, I'm super blessed to be here. Thank you for having me on. I'm super grateful to be here, man. Uh, you're, you're using my words, brother. You know, they have to <laughs> Mr. Gratitude. I'm a very grateful yes, person. And Attitude of gratitude, man. A- amen. And, and I want people to understand and realize the reason why I have that gratitude is because the more grateful you are in life, the less and less and less your problems become. So when you're filled with gratitude, you have no problems. Now, mm-hmm. some of my fans and followers are not aware that I'm, I'm a recovered addict as well. You know, I, uh, I struggled with gambling addiction for 20 years. A lot Mm -hmm. of people don't know that. So when I got the opportunity to network, to link up with you, I thought it would be amazing. I got another brother that has been there, been in the trenches, and I'm really, really stoked about having this conversation with you. So go ahead and introduce yourself a little bit. Let us know, you know, what brought you to TikTok? What brought you to wanting to do outreach and help people recover? Where are you at, brother? So, oh man, it's a blessing just to be here with air in my lungs today and talk to you, man. Um, got me to TikTok. I think it's probably the same story. You know, I'll be 39 in March. So it's like, uh, you know, I started watching videos and, um, you know, coworkers are showing me funny videos. I figured I'd check the platform out. 
Yeah. So I'm making the count. I'm like, you know what? What the hell? Why, why not make a video and put some positivity out there, man? Something encouraging. And uh, and I did it. And uh, and that was all she wrote with TikTok. So I just kept everything faith-based, recovery-based, um, you know. And, uh, you know, I think now I'm at close to about 13.5 thousand followers or so and continuously yeah. growing. Uh, use a hashtag recovery army. We just got 2 million views with that. Uh, which that's is right. really incredible to spread the awareness. You know, that's the goal at the end of the day is just to spread awareness and plant some seeds, man, to show people that we can and do recover. Um, you know, the point I'm at today in my life is absolutely amazing and uh, really just give back. Um, you know, I can't forget where I come from and uh, the places that my addiction and alcoholism took me. Uh, so it's super important for me to give back. I'm in the process now of actually starting a nonprofit to do that full time as well. So, Amen. Um, yeah, man. So it's uh, it's been a long journey, you know, 20 years of uh, of uh, imprisonment, whether it's physical, metaphorically or, or mentally, uh, you know, little did I know the whole time that the door is locked from the inside. I had the key the whole time. Yeah. Yeah, no, you you hit the nail on the head. And and folks that are on the outside that have never really dealt with addiction, you know, you said that being in prison, it's true. Whether you're physically in a cell or not, you're emotionally, you're spiritually, you're mentally in a prison. You're chained, brother, when you're in addiction. No matter what your addiction is, like I said, mine was gambling, but whatever your addiction is, you are a slave to it. And that's Absolutely. something... You know, that's something that I, when I, I, I do outreach myself, I help folks and celebrate recovery. And when we're in, you know, having discussions, I always explain to my group, to my folks, it's like, hey, do you want to be a slave? And it, and it really, it really clicks to a lot of folks like, wait a minute, no, I don't. And when you realize that the things that own you, that's when you realize that you're a slave and that's addiction, brother. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, people say, you know, what's your drug of choice? A lot of times, and I personally say, what's your drug of bondage? Yes. That's really what it is at the end of the day. It's, it's handcuffs, man. And I'll tell you, I'm, a, I'm allergic, man. I, I, you know, I come to find that I have an allergy and, uh, you know, that's drugs and alcohol. It's anything mind altering. If I, if I ingest it, you know, uh, I'm allergic. I break out in handcuffs. That tends to be, uh, you know, <laughs> right. what happened most of the time. So, um, you know, I had to come to the realization that, you know, there was a problem and uh, there possibly could be a solution, man. So uh, I found it, you know, we, we talked about it just a little bit. Um, what, you know, what was your realm? What was your, I like, I like to use the word, what was your poison? So wh where did you, what did you get into? When did you realize you had a problem and what was your turning point? So for me, I knew early on that there was a problem. Uh, a lot of it started and stemmed from mental health issues, depression, anxiety. Um, just really hated being in my own skin. Didn't feel like I fit in anywhere, even in my family. Um, you know, I have an older sister who is was was nearly perfect, grown up, heavily involved in youth group. Um, you know, she has blonde hair, blue eyes, looks nothing like the rest of the family. We tell her she's adopted. Um, so I never <laughs> felt like I really you know, lived up to, like never even fit in family-wise, especially socially anywhere. Um, so I'd much rather isolate. And, you know, it, you know, just like a lot of people started, you know, smoking weed, drinking beer, things like that on the weekends with their friends in high school and stuff. Uh, for me, I was never chasing that feeling of uh, intoxication of any, of any sort. You know, I was more just trying to get outside of self. Yeah. Um, anything I could do and put in me to get me outside of myself um, and feel, you know, quote unquote, normal uh, to fit in is what I did. So, uh, you know, I knew there was a problem early on. I just didn't know that there were resources available and my family became, you know, pretty enabling at certain points because uh, they really didn't know how to handle it. And I don't blame them for anything, um, you know, and, and quickly it just became, uh, you know, I quickly went down, uh, you know, a pretty dark path and uh, moved to Philly, moved into the city. 
And, uh, you know, it didn't take long before I lost everything I had. I uh, became homeless for, for, for multiple, multiple years, lost, lost relationships with my entire family, my mother, my father, my nieces, nephews, sister, brother-in-law for nearly a decade um, and earned all those back, thank God, by God's grace, man. And, um, you know, it was just, it, it was tough, man. It was 20 years of, of drinking and using um, until I finally did hit a turning point. There was, there was you know, I, and, and the thing is, there was always like a void. I felt like I was missing something. Um, and to fill that void, I found, you know, selling substances, also selling drugs and things like that, because with that, I felt came sense of power and authority. Yeah. And now you need me. I don't fit in, but now you need me. Right. Um, and, and I held on to that because it's really the only thing that I saw. Um, so I did that for a long time in my life. But, you know, that that type of lifestyle, there's no retirement plan. There's no, huh. you know, no yeah. pension. There's no health benefits. And I have children, too, you know, so it's like you know, finally things run out. It happens. So. You know, that's exactly what happened and ended up losing everything multiple times and ended out ended up out on the street and uh, down in Kensington, Philadelphia. Um, a lot of people are aware of that place. If not, please YouTube Kensington, Philadelphia. That's where I do my outreach. Um, it's like a third world country. It's literally a lawless part of the city. Uh, wow. Police are told not to intervene at all unless like matter of life or death. Uh, so it's crazy, man. So I spent a lot of time, almost seven years homeless down there. Um, you know, just as long, probably in jail cells and institutions, psychiatric units, you name it, man. I, I probably went to every homeless shelter there was in Philadelphia, and I can't even count how many times. So ultimately, you know, there's stabbings along the way, overdoses, suicide attempts. Uh, I mean, you name it. And, uh, you know, finally, my, my true turning point really was um, about six and a half years ago. Um, I was collecting all some money someone owed me into a big fight it was physical weapons involved and um fight was over i started to turn around start walking away and uh you know a guy decided to come back out of his house with a hammer Ooh. and came up from behind me and shattered my cranium and Ooh. tried to take my life and uh so shattered my cranium you know i was in the street for a couple hours dying and they finally got to me to a hospital at a trauma center rushed me into brain surgery uh did a craniotomy sold out um, you know, most of the left side of my skull and replace it with titanium, close it with 30 staples, woke up as John Doe, uh, didn't know my name, they didn't know my name, <clears throat> you know, I had nothing in my pockets, and, uh, you know, I look in the mirror, and I see, and I just see this, this guy with half-shaven head with 30 staples in his head, not even knowing who I'm looking at, mm. it was one of the most powerless feelings ever, imagine. ever. Yeah, I, I, I can't even imagine. And that's, you know, your story. There's there's others out there just like you. And that's it, it, with the same similar story about hitting that rock bottom and finally realizing that, hey, if I don't change, the change is going to take over me. And praise the Lord that you're still here, brother. I mean, I'm grateful that you're here. And I, I know you're grateful, your kids, everybody's grateful. But it could have went a different way. It could have sure. went a different way. Absolutely. You know, my, and, and really what did it for me this time. Um, and like, I always hit a bottom. There was, and they got deeper and deeper. Everyone had a trap door, um, you know, and I, and I really never had the true willingness to do it for myself. But honestly, when I woke up, man, it was a spiritual awakening for me. It was a spiritual moment when I woke up in that hospital, man, I didn't even know myself, but I was so ingrained in that lifestyle and using for so long. I still woke up with an obsession. I don't know who I was, but I still had an obsession. That's how ingrained it was in me. So it was like a rewiring process. It was a rebirth. I literally was reborn that day. Um, I woke up with this emotion of, you know, I knew of the word forgiveness, um, you know, as, as, you know, growing up and somebody would say, sorry, okay, I forgive you. And it was just words to me. Um, I woke up at that point with this, this overwhelming sense 
um, of forgiveness. It was a yeah. feeling for the first time, an actual emotional, an actual feeling uh, was something I never, ever felt before. And um, and I knew it was God, man. Like I knew it was something way bigger than myself. Amen. And uh, I knew then, then and there that things had to change. And that whole time I spent in the ICU before they even stepped me down, and then um, also discharged me as John Doe, which is a whole nother story. Huh. Um, but yeah, terrible, terrible. In a wheelchair, can't walk, can't talk. Uh, John Doe, on your way, you go. And, uh, you know, no aftercare plans, no neurology set up. And, uh, but that, that was it, man. And honestly, that whole time I was in there in the ICU, you know, not even knowing myself, um, for some reason, all I could think about was God, man. All I could think about. Um, I just kept thinking, you know, I knew I was Christian. Like I grew up in a Christian household, but we went to church on Sunday and kind of yeah. left it there on Sunday. But it was religion to me then. That day it became a relationship. Uh, and that's what started changing my life. And I held on to that, you know, 50% of the time during this first year of relearning how to walk, talk and write back then, you know, I wanted to just hang it up, man. I wanted to just end my life. Um, you know, 49% of the time I wanted to pick back up and just numb the emotion and the pain. A lot of pain. Yeah, man. A lot of like every single aspect. And there's a, that 1%, man, faith the size of a mustard seed, man. It, it's no lie, man. I held on to that. And, uh, you know, for the first, one of the first times willingly refused narcotics after brains, uh, brain surgery, yeah. pushed through that with Motrin and, uh, man, my life started changing, man. Didn't get easy by any means. Um, but I just hung in, man. And, uh, I knew the pain would end. You know, I tattooed hope on my knuckles, hang on pain ends. Now I'm at the point luckily where I can, I actually translate that now to, to help other people evolve, um, where I'm at that point, which is. It's really amazing. I mean, the, the, the injury that I suffered, 50%, like statistically wise, 50% of people um, in the first five years after that injury either die or severe oh, yeah. or, or decline severely uh, mental capacity, like mental capacity wise. Yeah. I'm sitting here six and a half years later, man, stronger than ever uh, in every aspect of my life, man. So it's just, a, it's a true blessing, man. Yeah. I, I, wow. I appreciate that. I appreciate the story. I, I love when I can connect with somebody that's been in the trenches with me that's, you know, is, is fellow recovered. And uh, just what, what a phenomenal story to be able to come out of that and realize, because you and I both know that more of our, more of our friends than others actually die in addiction and don't make the decisions that we did. Right. And to, to be able to be a, a true survivor and to step out of that is truly by the grace of the Lord. And I, and I do encounter, some people, of course, some atheists, some agnostic folks. And oh, there's, sure. no, there, there's no denying the miracle in the name. I call him Yeshua. I call him by his Hebrew name. Mm -hmm. That mm -hmm. is how I pray, a Yeshua. Mm -hmm. But there has been no miracles ever created more in the name of Jesus. And that is true. No. Absolutely. You know, I, I, yeah. I, I, like you, I grew up in the church. My mom taught me how to pray at five years old. I didn't have the testimony of you know, hitting rock bottom and then discovering Jesus. I've known him my whole life, but yet I was greedy. I was selfish because here God gave me these gifts. And I started out at 18 years old, going in the casinos, blowing my paychecks. And I got hooked with that high level of dopamine because as an 18 year old kid, when you're going in, dude, at, at 18, I was going in with hundreds coming out with thousands mm -hmm. as an 18 year old kid. Now that's mm -hmm. massive amounts of dopamine and people don't, <laughs> right. Right. It's crazy. It's crazy. <laughs> people, people don't realize that drug addiction and gambling addiction are wired the exact same. Oh, absolutely. It's, it's absolutely. So it's repetition and reward. That's what does it. Like, 
you know, we feel rewarded by the things that we do or whether the gratification of, 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 of making that money or winning that money or, you know, getting the thing that we were chasing. It's, it's, it's that instant gratification and that releases the dope. That's kind of like, you know, what we're chasing. We bleed so much over time also, which is, uh, you know, luckily I, I was able to just be one of the ones that didn't make it out. That's the thing about it with addiction, especially like no matter what you're addicted to, when everybody has a vice, there's addiction. Oh yeah. You know, that's not just gambling or drugs or alcohol or sex. I mean, it's, it's eating. I mean, you name it, like there's addiction all over. And I just hate the yeah. stigma that's surrounded with whether it's drugs, alcohol, gambling, sex, things like that. Um, you know, it's just uh, so, so, you know, not talked about in so many other areas and uh you know it's crazy but the thing about like drug addiction alcoholism like it only ends two ways we either choose recovery and find recovery or we die like it's that simple right you know what right. i mean like and some people say oh well you'll get locked up and you know you stay clean in there yeah, but what about after like if you stay clean like you stay clean if not if we go back chances are you know, are against us. That's that's really the only two way it ends. We either choose a different lifestyle and get better, uh, don't get bitter, get better, where mm-hmm. where we end up dying. I mean, it pretty much ends that way. So you know, it's just about you know having the willingness, man, and open mindedness, and just humble ourselves. And one of the most courageous acts we can take is to ask for help. Amen. You know, a lot of people just don't want to do. Well, and that's that's what I was going to lean into. Our next uh, segue here is going to really be guiding folks and helping folks to get that help because there's so many folks, especially with 2020 and COVID and folks sticking their head in the sand. They don't know how to get help. They don't know how to recover. They want to. Oh, they want to, but they don't know how. And I, and I figured you and I can kind of segue and go into that and, and really guide folks on how to get help and get into some form of recovery because you and I both know that it doesn't matter who, who loves us that's around us. None of that matters. It doesn't matter how much money we have. It doesn't matter any of that because none of that is going to change us. We find right. it, find it in deep within us. And that is what I want to help folks do. Yeah, exactly. It's an internal change, uh, no matter how much things change on the outside. Like, and that's what I tell people even during recovery too. Like, look, things may not change. Life may not change. Um, you know, situations might not change or get better, uh, but we do as people. And we, we, we learn how to handle these emotions and handle these problems. Uh, it's just about taking that first step, man, and, and reaching out for help. You know, luckily, like for me, I changed, <clears throat> you know, I finally, after, you know, a couple years of, of the first year of relearning how to walk, talk and write, and then um, going away for a violation nine months for nine more months in jail after that. Um, and even after that, I had to check my, I mentally, I still really wasn't all there. I had to check myself into a psych unit just to make sure I'm okay mentally wise and try to get some help there. And, uh, you know, it's like a 14 day stay in most of these places. I was there for three months, um, which was like, you know, my insurance cut me off after two weeks. They're, 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 um, you know, paying for my stay and, uh, their scholarship in my stay there. Cause they really don't know what to do with me at this point. And, uh, you know, they, they, they did cognitive testing, you know, three different times. They deemed me mentally incapable, mentally retarded. Um, and, and really, and told me, you know, come three months, they said, look, our best option for you, our best uh, medically wise, our best option for you is to just discharge you to a traumatic brain institute for the rest of your life. And that was six years ago? This was, no. So this was uh, four and a half or so. Okay. Well, this is like a year and a half, at least a year and a half, almost nearly two years after the injury. Um, I was still there at that space mentally. And uh, so when they told me that, I literally just had a vision of them pushing me up in a wheelchair to a window and staring out a window all day. 
oh. at like 32 years old. Um, and that I, I just could not accept. Um, you know, acceptance a big, is a big part of my story. You know what I mean? Like when I was out there for homeless and jail and all that stuff for so many, so many years, I accepted the fact that's probably as best as it's going to get for me. Yeah. Um, you know, I accepted that fact. But when they told me that, I knew I was making progress. They didn't see it, but I knew I was. Um, and I would not accept that. Uh, which motivated the shit out of me, man. It really did. That's and awesome. uh, just never stopped, man. And here I am. So I made a, I made a, I finally got back to work. I got back into sales and marketing, a very high stressful job, started messing my recovery a bit. So decided to say, you know what, I'm, I'm living in the solution now. Um, you know, I'm helping other people. Why not make it a, a career as well? So that's what I did. I got into inpatient, started working in facilities, um, helping people out, 12 step instructor, um, a recovery specialist, did that for a couple of years. Uh, then moved on to be a recovery coach and a residential counselor and a long-term uh, therapeutic community. And then, you know, we talk about 2020 being such a hard year for people. For me, it was amazing. It was one of my best years ever. Same here. You know, like I took, I took 2020 and you know, I had back surgery too. So I hurt myself in the gym, had back surgery prior to the first go around of the ah. pandemic and, uh, you know, had a disc removed. And so I'm out on short term, I'm sitting in there in bed, I'm you know, on bed rest, and I'm like, what can I do with my time? What am I going to do? So I'm like, all right, we can use time or lose time. So I'm going to use it. I'm going to utilize this time I got. So I just looked at 2020 as the year 2020, you know, 2020 vision is perfect vision. So I was like, all right, it's time for 2020 vision. Amen. So I wrote down a list of all my goals and just sat there with the laptop and just plugged away at these things. And uh, man, I'll tell you, it's not the year's not even over yet it's about to, it's about to end and i've accomplished way beyond everything i put on that list in Same. this year because Same. i gave myself to those goals and i wrote them down and put the steps to achieve them um and it was just amazing you know like literally nothing is impossible man i love to tell people the word impossible shouldn't even be in the dictionary the word itself says i'm possible i'm with you like you know what i mean like it's just a bullshit word man it says i'm possible like it says it right there so yeah, from yeah. going to and, and how great man, how powerful my god is man like from going from not being able to walk talk or write being walking just fine now you know exercise regularly like i'm i'm, I'm good in that part yeah of course there's some back pain and stuff but also you know i was published um you know for writing and speaking in a magazine as well Whoa. we are words magazine so i'm published there so like going from not being able to write to be a published writer on top of that now where are you published I, at uh, so we are Warriors Magazine. Uh, I'm with them. So I do out loud speeches with that magazine as well. They're based out of Canada. Um, so, you know, it's, it's, it's and not being able to speak to literally getting two certifications now to be a professional, motivational, inspirational speaker. Um, I got certified. I just got my master's in that as well. Um, so, you know, the goal of 2021 is the action year. So 2020 was like the planning phase. 2021, as soon as, you know, God willing and this pandemic ending, yeah, right. really plan on touching 50 states, spreading hope, um, you know, and I got the invite up to actually Saskatchewan, Canada to record my first studio album uh, for motivation and inspirational speaking. So like things are really, really happening. I mean, the doors are opening are absolutely amazing, man. And the road has been set before me. As long as I follow it, man, and just, and, and just keep yeah. that line of communication open with God, man, uh, he will provide. You know, I'm going through right now with the, the paperwork to, uh, you know, finally start up an actual recognized nonprofit organization for the outreach that I do. Uh, so just waiting to get back from the Secretary of State and that'll be up and running. And uh, man, I just devoted myself to just being part of the solution, man, and giving back to others, you know, and deny myself and, and put people first, man. 
but balance though balance is the, is the is the hard part that is the hard part and that's that's where i struggle too and you you know you just hit something about you know scripture does say that your gift will make way and mm. you know we're we're both very gifted gentlemen and if we abuse that gift and we don't do the gift to the way the lord wants us to we got a lot of answering to do and Amen. so you know we got to we got to stick down that path um in, in, in regards to, you know, overall helping folks, I want to touch base on, you know, the nonprofit that you're starting up, the things that you're doing to really get those <laughs> folks in your local area. Uh, I want <laughs> you to touch base on that. And then, of course, I'm going to get into some things about uh, you know, other avenues to help folks, other resources. For me, my story is a, is a little different and what, and what really broke me down to get out of the realm of gambling addiction Mine um, wasn't anybody but God. It truly was. Mm-hmm. I was tired of having to lie to my kids, having to drain my parents as a as a thirty. When did I stop? Uh, as a thirty nine year old man, still going to his parents for money. I've I've been in business development. I've been consulting for a long time. I've always made great money, but yet I had nothing to show for because I was always chasing, man. Right. Always chasing in any addict. Right. That's that's what you do. You chase. Yeah. Yeah. And, and unfortunately for anybody that's never been in addiction, they think that we're crazy. They think that the, our behavior pattern, we're not crazy. We're just wired different. Right. We're, you know, we're, we're driven on a whole different level. Yeah, at a whole other level. But the good <laughs> thing about that, though, the good thing about that wiring is once you come out of that and you're yes. recovered, dude, you're a beast. You're yes, a beast. absolutely, man. And, and the most honest, hardworking, successful people I know are recovered addicts, brother. And that's facts. That's, That's facts. for sure facts. Because you've the most, yeah, the most humble, caring, loving, dedicated people I know, man, are in recovery, man, that have found a way out and, and help others. Like it's it, like because at the end of the day, we're all human. We make mistakes. You know, we were born sinners. It's, it is what it is. But you know, like just the, the amount of love, man, that everybody shows each other that that just has that that common bond of, uh, you know, fighting this invisible disease that we fight on a daily basis. You know, it's kind of like, it's kind of like COVID, right? Like, you know, <laughs> yeah. like, this is, we don't see it, but we have to fight it and, and protect ourselves and make, make sure that we maintain six feet, we maintain with masks and this and that, like, sobriety is the same thing to me. You know, so it's like, when I tell people, look, if COVID took you out because you were isolated so long, you probably need to do some more internal work because you're not comfortable sitting with yourself. That's what sent me, I've seen people 20, 30 years come back into rooms after relapse because they didn't have meetings anymore. True. That's one saying I can't stand is meeting makers make it. Worst, most bullshit saying I know because look, that's just part of that's your program. <laughs> like quarantine comes, you're screwed, my man. Like oh, I hate to tell you, you know what I mean? It's like, oh man, it's brutal. Yeah, because people don't realize too, people, places, and things either elevate you or destroy you. And Absolutely. it's, it's, people think that addiction goes away. It doesn't go away. We handcuff it, we handcuff it, but it's a problem the rest of our life. And the one slip up, man, one, oh, you're, you're, yeah. you're right there. I mean, luckily for me, I never went to jail. I never got in trouble. I mean, I'm a knock on something. I've never even had a speeding <laughs> ticket. So I stayed out of trouble, but financially, yeah. dude, yeah. oh, financially. Unmanageable. Yeah. Unmanageable. Exactly. So, all right. Your outreach. What do you do? How do you help folks in your local area? I want everybody to know. Go for it. So uh, before I say, I just want to touch on what you just said, too, also. And, and like, I love to tell people, too, uh, before I before I do talk about the outreach um, and circles are so damn important, man. 
yeah. and uh, who you surround yourself with. And like, you know, I tell people in recovery, not just like period, you show me who you hang with and I'll show you what your recovery looks like. Oh, you know totally. what I mean? Like, and, and, and attitudes and, and, uh, you know, um, you know, all these things are so contagious, man. Like it's just, it's so contagious. And, you know, I, I just try to make mine worth catching today. Um, you know, that's really what I try to do. And I can easily slip and have, you know, we're one decision away from a whole different life. Totally. And I can easily backslide into that if I'm surrounded by the wrong people. So I need to constantly check my circle because if I'm not with a circle of people that I don't feel inspired or encouraged or to do better, pushing me to do better, expect more out of me, I'm not in a circle. I'm back in a cage. Mm-hmm. I've been in that damn cage way too long and I absolutely refuse to go back there. However, my primary purpose, so leading into the, the nonprofit outreach, my primary purpose is still to help the still suffering which is my primary objection, right? That's my assignment. So, you know, that's what I did. I gave myself to this. So now we're, you know, I, I can't forget the, this, the time I spent on the streets and in banded houses and eating out of dumpsters. And I mean, you name it, man, down there in, in, in Kensington. And uh, so we go down and we do outreach. So we put together care packages. We come, especially now with the winter, it's snowing here right now, pretty bad tonight. And right. uh, we're going down this Saturday, actually, we're going again. And I've connected with so many people, even on the TikTok platform, where I've had people, you know, a, a big name out there fly out from Texas, be magic, you know, flew out from Texas. Uh, you know, Moxie flew up from South Carolina. We had other people from PA, you know, drive over, people from Maryland drive yeah. in. And we had this big, like, we just made this big thing about it, man. It went down. And I showed them, and they were like, dude, I've been in New Orleans, I've been to Chicago. He's like, I've never seen some shit like this. TikTok family. They were, they were just, the jaws were on the floor. <laughs> My God. So stay close, man. It's gonna be all right. Like it was, it was crazy. So this Saturday we're doing the same thing again. You know, we put um we have so many people that support, so many people that help out, man, and just send, whether it be a few dollars to help put towards the care package, or we put an Amazon wish list out right now, um, which has been fulfilled. You know, every day I come home, there's another package from Amazon with socks, gloves, toiletries, feminine products, snacks. We literally, and we raised some money, we went out, we have literally four or five boxes at least right now in my dining room, just full of snacks. I got, a, I got probably 80 to 100 drawstring backpacks, which all the care packages go on so they can carry their belongings. They can, you know, like I never had these things when I was out there. And I know how important this stuff is, especially with the winter, you know, leading up and just Christmas alone. Um, you know, just being down there in the holidays, not having family, being with yourself in that situation. Uh, it just me. And I can't go into this. I don't go into it with unrealistic expectations. So, like, I know I'm not going to go down there and be able to take someone by the hand and say, come on, we're going to rehab. Come on, we're going to go change your life today. Like, right, it's probably right. not going to happen. Right. If it does, amazing. I can't ask for anything more than that. But I can go down and plant some seeds. I can go down and give them some things and just let them know that they are loved and we do care. They do matter. And uh, and plant a seed and just say, look, you know, I, I was right exactly where you're sitting at doing exactly what you're doing with that needle arm right now for six years or so and there is another way man we don't have to do that there is a way out man and that's what it's about for me and man just hoping that that sea gets watered and uh and they find the way man well you know you touched on something else too that i always stress to my clients to people i consult when it comes to addiction as well is the worst thing you can do to somebody that is currently uh, stuck in addiction is to scold them, make them be mm. defensive. That is the absolute worst thing is worst. shame them. Absolute worst. But people don't understand that. That's what I try and ah. explain is that is the worst thing. Here's what you need to do is you need to love them. You need yep. to support them. Do not enable them. Do not enable no. them. Love but, them with boundaries. Yes. Yes. Exactly. Uh, that is the quickest way to get somebody in addiction to heal and recover is through love, man. Absolutely. Absolutely.
love beats everything, man. Love wins every time. Uh, but that's the big thing is, is finding the boundaries and holding firm to your boundaries and not yeah. enabling, yeah. Uh, which is so hard for so many families. I speak to a lot of family members and uh, they just don't know what to do. And, you know, for me, it was to the point where my family had to just let go with love and just not watch me kill myself anymore. Yeah. You know, it was too hard, which was one of the hardest things. My mother's the most caring person I know in this world, man. And um, I can't imagine how hard that was for her let go and not answer any phone calls you know not you know respond to any letters written from dale or a rehab or you know and no contact for literally nearly a decade um you know i can't imagine and we've talked about it and and, and i tell her like i can't believe the strength that you had to be able to do that um just it really just shows your character and and she's since then and now like the tables have completely turned you know this is six and a half years later you know and and comes to me for guidance she comes to me yeah. for encouragement i inspire yeah. her like it's absolutely amazing man yeah that sounds um, about right i mean yeah it's it's incredible yeah that's uh it is so true and to be you and i are both you know parents and it's a little different for us as dads because you know we we didn't carry our kids you know even though we have that mm -hmm. bond there's a different bond between a mother and a father and, and a son between you know a father there's totally different bonds and so right. i couldn't even imagine like my I, yeah yeah, I, 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 I yeah, I, I really can't even, I can't even imagine. I literally can't even imagine because, you know, I know my children just being a father of, of children. I have three of my own. My girlfriend has two as well. So we have five combined. Right. And uh, man, I just, I, you know, oldest being 17. So 17, 15, 13, um, eight years old and uh, three years old. So like, it's, it's quite a stretch. And I can't imagine time life where i have to nah. completely just you know let go and uh and just pray for the best like i couldn't imagine and teens are tough i got four teens myself <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so all right so we got we got into that a little bit now you're can you name that city for me one more time where your outreach is at yeah so we outreach in kensington philadelphia so it's in philadelphia it's just a certain part of philadelphia um yeah so that's down near the northeast section of philadelphia um, so it's really difficult. And if anybody, anyone hasn't seen it or heard about it, or maybe heard about it, never saw it, you know, YouTube, it. YouTube Kensington, Philadelphia, and you will you know, even um, Intervention did a four part series down there, Heroin Hub of, of, of the East Coast. Well, I and, might have actually. I yeah, it's, have. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it, it, it's insane, man. It's, uh, it's so devastating. It's, it's absolutely heartbreaking. Now, have you opened a facility yet or you're working on doing that? No, no, no. So we're working on the nonprofit to just be able to, to continue our outreach. Um, so that's something that we're working on right now. Um, you know, and I also started um, a recovery clothing line as well this year um, to help support, you know, the proceeds from that go to what we're doing with the outreach and the nonprofit and to Love get it. this started. Yeah. So, you know, it's like, you know, we're getting there a step at a time. Uh, and then the goal is really to just ultimately just continuously do it, man. And uh, I have people reaching out to me saying, yeah, I got, I got a 24 box truck and this, like, I mean, it's just amazing. The outreach people are willing to take their time and volunteer. Like I have people driving in from all over from Jersey, Maryland, um, different parts on Saturday to come down just to volunteer and, and help us give back and help some people because they identify and they've been there. So, Beautiful. you know, yeah. So it's, it's great. It's a blessing, man. 
Well, I'm going to give you uh, here, I'm going to, I'm going to go over one more thing here really quick, and then I'm going to give you an opportunity to essentially plug yourself, uh, give out your contact information, any kind of charity stuff that you're, you're working on currently, I'm going to allow folks to, uh, to be able to connect with you. But I wanted to give, you know, kind of my piece on just really getting help and, and breaking out of no matter what your addiction is, addiction is addiction. And myself, Mike, we've been there with you. We've been in the trenches. We know what it's like, my friend. And I can tell you after being an addict for 20 years, that's a long time. That's probably longer than some of you that are listening have been alive. There is hope. There's always a way out. And an analogy that I use, and hopefully this helps somebody listening, is you have to picture yourself in a tunnel. And in that tunnel, you're sitting, your tunnel is filled with nothing but shit. I'm going to just say it. It's <laughs> smelly, nasty, yeah. horrible shit. And you're the only one that can get yourself out. You're stuck in the tunnel with a shovel and piles and piles of poop. If you can continue to shovel that poop out of the way before you know it, you're going to be at the end of the tunnel. The poop's going to be behind you. You're going to get to get home, get a shower, get cleaned up. That is the way you have to look at where you're at. And the reason why I use poop is because nobody likes poop. I mean, who likes likes it? (laughs) Who likes that? So there's, there's so many resources. And I know some of you listening, you've heard this time and time again, because when the demons have trapped you and the demons have you pinned down, they don't want you to hear it, but you have multiple resources. You have therapy, you have meetings, you have friends, nobody's going to judge you. And if they do judge you, those aren't the people that you want to open yourself up to anyway, my friend, you know, And I'm going to leave it at that. Look up the resources in your local area. Look up the national hotlines. There is help out there. I promise you. I assure you. And if you can't afford to get yourself into a program, there's also programs that are state funded, depending on what state that you're in, that will help you get to that victory. My man, Mike, I want you to take it away from here. Go ahead and let the the audience know how they can contact you, uh, your, your outreach and any kind of charity work that you're doing. The next couple minutes are yours, my man. Sure. So, um, yeah, and that's exactly what I'm available for. That's what I use all my social platforms for. Uh, it's a way of life for me. So, you know, I am available. Uh, if you're on the TikTok platform, I'm Recovery Mike. You're welcome to DM me. Uh, if you need help, if anyone you love needs help at all, um, I do my best to, you know, I have a foot in a lot of facilities. So um, I speak at a lot of them. So, uh, you know, they are there, uh, whether you're private insurance, uh, Medicaid, uh, state funded, or none at all. Um, there is an option. There's always an option. Just hang on and uh, take that first step. So like I said, it's Recovery Mike at TikTok. Uh, I also have a Facebook group called Sober Minded, um, which is a closed group for um, you know like-minded people that are welcome to join as well. Um, we Are Warriors is the name of the magazine. It's based out of Canada that I work with. I'm, I'm, I'm a, a, a part of a group of amazing content writers that write about PTSD, mental health, um, you know, addiction, uh, recovery, uh, first responders. It's actually founded by an EMT uh, who had EMT of the year in Canada. Um, So, you know, most people have written articles in there, mine spoken out loud. So it's called No Holds Barred Out Loud and Raw. Um, And that's all I can be. I only speak one language and that's real, man. That's it. Um, So you hit the play button and you'll see mine is, is, is spoken with some visuals and some and some background music. And uh, so it's amazing. And I just, if we have the time, I just want to touch back on, you know, we talk about that tunnel. Um, you know, the other thing is also like, yeah, we got to shovel our way out of that for sure. Absolutely. Like we need to take the steps to do it and walk it out. But also like they're all there, whether you feel alone or not, there's someone with you, you know, God is there for you. So 
what I want to say is like, if you go into a tunnel, imagine you're in a train in the tunnel. So a, a, a tunnel is approaching, you're going in the tunnel, it's nothing but darkness. So you know, at the, the end of the day, though, you're going to come out at the end of that tunnel. There's light at the end of that tunnel. But what do you do? You trust the conductor. You trust the conductor, the engineer of the train to get you through that tunnel. But you know, there's one there. So have faith in that and know that there is light in the end of the tunnel and just give it to God, man. And just, and, and just walk it out and just hold on to faith, man. Of faith, I love to stand for it. Forward all issues to heaven. That's it, man. Hundred percent. Uh, I mean, God and Satan are the most real things on this earth, brother. I mean, absolutely. And and that's thing, nothing, nothing, nothing is permanent on this earth. So if you're dealing with emotions, yeah. you're dealing with pain, struggle, whatever it is, it's temporary. Pain is temporary. Yes. yes. But if we push through it on the other side of it, it's absolute greatness, man. Yes. You know, I was born in the struggle, man. That's where I. That's where I. You know, that's where I overcame everything and became the person I am today, man. I appreciate and embrace every struggle that I went through. I was designed to go through what I went through um, to make it out on the other side and show people that there is a way. It's not how you start. It's how you finish. hundred percent. Okay. Uh, charities, you have any charity you want to plug real quick before we get out of here? So yeah, it's in the works right now to be, um, you know, uh, noticed as, uh, uh, an actual nonprofit organization, the paperwork is in with the secretary of state of Pennsylvania. It's going to be recovery army outreach. Um, so just keep an eye out for that right now. We just accept any kind of donations. If anybody's willing through my on um, TikTok, uh, which is a PayPal on there, or Cash App, which is Recovery Mike, um, or anything. There's usually a wish list on there. Um, you know, anybody willing to donate anything, uh, you know, for the cause. Uh, but as soon as we're up and running as the nonprofit, then I'll be able to get some more information out there. And you know, of course, I'll keep you posted, man. Awesome, and I and I got your back on that. I will help you and guide folks. Thank you, brother. All my guests, all my TikTok family, I always try and help them out with charities. Um, with that said. You guys, if you love me, if you love this podcast and you want me to continue to have on great guests like Recovery Mike, stay tuned for 2021. I have quite the lineup of guests for the first quarter of 2021. You know, I don't ask you for anything. If you can, please make sure you're sharing this podcast with everybody you know. Make sure you're subscribing and getting notifications when I launch new podcasts. Make sure you are giving me five star reviews because you love me. Yes. <laughs> Make sure. Also my listener support. Now I don't talk about this too often, but I am getting some new sponsors and I would love and greatly, greatly appreciate some listener support. There are some links added now in the bio for listener support. I mean, it's as little as 99 cents a month to help the podcast grow and to get bigger, better guests. With that awesome. said, until the next time, Thank you to my guest, Recovery Mike. I appreciate you, brother. Thank you, man. So blessed to be on today. I really appreciate it. Thanks so much. I'm grateful to be here. And thank you, everybody that's listening. Please share the message uh, and help somebody else. A Amen. Until next time, friends, stay blessed. <laughs>